you just turned on a yoga and astrology podcast, which means you probably have some interest in spirituality. I don't think you would be here listening to this episode if you didn't care about spirituality and um, sort of connecting to the divine, the divine within, and a sense of higher power. And so that is a major theme that we're going to unpack on this episode that is for the full moon in sidereal Sagittarius happening on Monday, July 3rd, 2023. So we're going to talk about how this full moon, which is Guru Purnima in the Vedic tradition, we're going to talk about what that means, what themes it's bringing up, and I've got some hot takes and things that we're going to unpack related to that. So stick around. I have a lot to say about this one. First of all, I'd just like to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. And on this podcast, I will update you every week with the current astrological energies and yoga practices and journal prompts to work with that. So twice a month, at least we'll have a new moon and a full moon episode. And the other ones are kind of more general, um, like, overviews of everything going on. This one is all about the full moon in sidereal Sagittarius, like I mentioned. Notice that I said the sidereal sign, which, so if you're out there on the internet just perusing, you might see that other folks are talking about this full moon being in wherever the tropical folks are saying it is. And so just know that they're not wrong. We're not wrong. They're just different systems. And if you want to dive more deeply into Vedic astrology and the sidereal zodiac, a good place to start would be getting your Vedic birth chart. If you don't already have it, you can grab it at my website, yogiscopes.com chart. And then you can also get a free handy dandy worksheet there. That is the birth chart decoder, and that will help you sort of make sense of what you're looking at, because I know, especially if whether you're coming from a Western astrology background or not, if it's your first time looking at an astrology chart at all, or if you have experience with Western charts, either way, Vedic charts are kind of confusing, I think, to a lot of people when you first look at them. So you just have to learn to understand the language, which is what that um, worksheet will help you with. So um, with that said, also... Vedic astrology, so that we use different form of charts than Western astrologers. We also use the sidereal zodiac, which is closer to astronomically accurate. Sometimes I always want to go on a spiel about that, but I don't need to do that every single episode. If you have questions, ask me. Um, and so we have a full moon coming up on Monday, July 3rd. It is at, happening at 7.37 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So really over the night of Sunday night, into Monday is when that peak of the full moon is happening. So if you can do your full moon practice, like anytime between now and next Wednesday, honestly, you know, so for the next, for the week around the full moon, why not? Or for the few days, the moon will be in its full phase for about three days, you know, so a day and a half either side of that peak is fine. So um, this, as I mentioned, this full moon is also Guru Purnima, which is just so... Purnima is the Vedic astrology, the Sanskrit word for full moon. And so every month that there's a full moon, it's something Purnima, right? And so um, this one happens to be, some of them are like deemed more special than others. And this, this is one of them. So this one is called Guru Purnima. 
because it happens in the month of Ashado. So we'll talk about the um, the nakshatra that where this is happening is Purva Ashada. And so the lunar month in Vedic astrology of Ashada, which happens around this time of year, every year, it's like in the summertime here in the, here in the Northern Hemisphere, um, the full moon that happens in that month is known as Guru Purnima, and it's celebrated in the month of Ashada because the sign is Sagittarius. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter is Guru. And so anyway, the myth goes that Guru Purnima is, or the story I should say, is the birthday of Veda Vyasa, who is the author of the Mahabharata, so an ancient sage that wrote the story that's where we get the Bhagavad Gita from. Bhagavad Gita was the was a, a portion, uh, like a chapter, a book, or whatever of the Mahabharata, which is you know it's just a story where we get a lot of the, this mythology from and the stories, um, which is how we derive a lot of the meaning in Vedic astrology. And Buddhists also celebrate Guru Purnima as the day that uh, the Buddha gave his first like teachings or whatever. So um, some different cultures celebrate this auspicious day as sort of a day to recognize teachers, to um, get in touch with that. And so that's where I've got some hot takes for you. So just stick around. Let's talk about the other astrological energies going on because that's going to be an important part of the discussion. One of them being that Jupiter the ruler of the sign where this full moon is happening, where the moon will be at the moment that it becomes full, which is Sagittarius. So Jupiter rules Sagittarius, if you're following. It is with Rahu in Aries, okay? And so we could keep drawing these connections all over the map. Just remember that Aries uh, ruler Mars is also debilitated right now. So that's adding a challenging energy there to Jupiter and Rahu. Um, adding maybe a heightened emotional quality where it doesn't typically like quote unquote belong, but I also have thoughts about that. Um, so Jupiter with Rahu is known as Guru Chandal Yoga, meaning it is a combination yoga like union in Vedic astrology. Yoga is a, a union of planets, a certain configuration of planets that um, has been observed enough over time to sort of assign meaning to. And a lot of the themes of this Guru Chandal Yoga are sort of questioning the spiritual institutions that be. Like maybe it, with it being in Aries, this first sign of the zodiac, bringing all these like new beginnings, new energy. Um, there is some element right now of an energy going on where folks might be sort of questioning the powers that be when it comes to spirituality and religion. And with that, there is a pull because of Rahu. Rahu and Aries is very like influencer energy. You know what I mean? Like Rahu and Aries is a very like influencer quality. And we're seeing this like just a, an aside, something I noticed. My husband's really into um, dirt bikes. And so he like watches the pro motocross people or whatever. And I hear his podcasts where they're interviewing, um, pro motocross people. And somebody was talking about how there's this decentralization where there's this new expectation on people in the motocross sport to, um, have their own like blogs and things and, and have podcasts, which is like new, 
Like they didn't used to have to market themselves that way. They were just on the factory team and the factory would whatever, you know, the bike factory and they didn't have to worry about having a personal brand. So that's a Rahu and Aries thing. This like everybody needing to have a personal brand and everybody like, you know, that is a very Rahu and Aries quality. And then so when it comes to Jupiter being there, we're bringing this quality of like the influencer thing, everybody wanting to be an influencer, um, sort of decentralizing marketing in that way uh, to spirituality, where there is very much, I think, with this Guru Chandal Yoga, this push or internal pull, if you will, perhaps for more people to tap into their own brand of spirituality to find their own path rather than to so it's what that means for sort of the powers that be is is people are decentralizing in this way people are like it might be kind of like upsetting uh long-standing power structures that is a theme of the guru chandal yoga the jupiter with rahu conjunction and the reason i bring that up related to the full moon is not only because the full moon is happening in Sagittarius, which is ruled by Jupiter. So that's already one point for why Jupiter matters in this discussion. And it's Guru Purnima. That's another reason Jupiter matters in this discussion. And then a third one is because Jupiter and Rahu are both aspecting not only Sagittarius where the full moon is, but they're also aspecting Leo, which is where, so Mars isn't in Leo yet. Neither is Venus. So right before the full moon, Mars will move there. Mars moves there on the 30th of June. And so Mars will already be in Leo receiving um, the Jupiter and Rahu's aspect. And then shortly after, on July 7th, so the same week, Venus will move there. And so Jupiter and Rahu are aspecting not only the full moon, but also Mars and soon Venus, right? And so there's just all these connections being drawn between what is going on at this full moon that we're going to talk more explicitly about in a moment um, and connections to spirituality, the power structures that be in religion and spirituality. And then also Mars and Leo also has that like, how are you going to shine your own personal brand kind of energy? Leo is very regal, like a king or royalty or somebody like Leo is the king of the jungle, lion, king of the jungle, right? Um, that connection to how are you as an individual going to shine? And then the nakshatra where this full moon is happening is ruled by Venus. So I hope I didn't just lose you with all of that astrological stuff. The feedback I've gotten mostly from people is that it's helpful for me to explain all that. So if I lost you, I'm sorry. Um, just stick around and you'll just start to catch on to all of these like why I'm saying these things, why they matter. And these are where we get the interpretations from is like all these connections happening. We can't, nothing happens in a vacuum. We have to, at any full moon, we have to consider everything else happening because that matters. Right. Um, and then also Saturn is retrograde. Venus will retrograde soon. We have those other pretty important energies going on at the time of this full moon. So now let's talk about it. What does this full moon mean? So I mentioned that it's in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter 
and also being aspected by this Guru Chandal Yoga right now by Jupiter and Rahu both. Okay. Um, so Sagittarius also has these connections. So it's a fire sign. It has these connections to being blunt, being adventurous, exploration. And this, the fact that it's ruled by Jupiter has this connection to like expansion and growth and being like philosophical, right? So those are some qualities of Sagittarius. So we'll consider those in what you might consider like releasing or bringing full circle at this full moon. And then the nakshatra, Purvashada, translates to the former invincible one or former unconquered. And so one of the symbols of this nakshatra is an elephant tusk. And so if there's a Purva nakshatra, there's going to be an Uttara. There's three sets of them. This is one. So we have the Ashadas, the Falcunis, and the Vajrapadas. Anyway, this one, so both Purvashada and Uttarashada have a single elephant tusk as their symbols, uh, one of their symbols. And so who is the elephant in Vedic mythology? Ganesh, the remover of obstacles, because an elephant is um they can just kind of go over anything in their path like you ever seen an elephant running through the woods i don't know if you've seen like jungle book or (laughs) something and you see the elephant running through the woods and they don't like have to go around stuff they can just like trample over it they can just remove any of the obstacles in their path because they're big right so um there's that connection to sort of just removing obstacles to ganesh with this nakshatra and there's also, because it's translated as the former invincible one, so, and then Uttara shot is the latter invincible one, just FYI, they're a pair, they go together, they're the unconquered, the invincible ones, um, and the stars that make up this nakshatra, so nakshatras are always like a, a handful of stars, sometimes only one star, that are within a constellation, so these ones are within Sagittarius. And so it's just a a more specific section within a constellation, basically. Um, So the the three stars that make up Purvashada form the bow of Sagittarius. So we know Sagittarius, the symbol or the constellation is a centaur that's like an archer. So half human, half horse, pulling back an arrow, a bow and arrow. And so the three arrows that make, or three stars that make up Purvashada form the bow of Sagittarius. So it is starting to like come into your vision that the, the themes are being unconquerable, removing obstacles. Think about the symbology, symbolism of, I don't know if symbology is a word. Can somebody tell me? Um, Cause I say it a lot, but I think it should be a word. So anyway, uh, the symbolism of a bow. So we think about a bow and arrow is you're able to like hit your goals from afar, right? Whatever you're aiming for, you can hit it from afar. But the arrow is the part that launches, right? That that goes somewhere. But what is the bow? It goes under tension and then it relaxes. And it is the tool that is required to go further, to reach more distant goals, right? So just keep that in the background of your awareness as we're 
sort of discovering the meaning of this full moon. And then the ruling deity of this full, of Purvashada, where this full moon is happening, is Apas. Apas is water, or the deified form of water. So there's this strong connection to the element of water. We have water, a water nakshatra in a fire sign. There's this like sort of steamy, uh, very pitta quality to this full moon, which makes sense also because we're like here at the peak of pitta season, at least in the northern hemisphere. And I always think about this and I say it sometimes on the podcast that like, I know there's a lot of people in like Australia and South and Central America and stuff that listen and are into Vedic astrology. I know there's like huge communities there, but I personally struggle with mapping these energies and the archetypes onto somebody that might be experiencing the opposite season right now because also Vedic astrology was invented and tropical astrology for that matter, Greek astrology, Hellenistic astrology were all invented in the Northern Hemisphere. So in my opinion is that they lend themselves better to the seasons that we're experiencing here in the Northern Hemisphere. I digress, but it's important. So if you're in the South and Central America, I know there's plenty of Vedic astrologers down there. You just have to kind of adapt this information to what you might be experiencing right now, because I think a lot of the archetypes do draw from that Ayurveda and from the seasons. Anyway, there's this connection to power and being unconquerable, right? Um, But then also water is like, there's this quote I'm thinking of, and I can't remember who said it, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's to the effect of like, water doesn't, you know, move rocks necessarily. Like if you think about water moving through a river, it just kind of flows around its obstacles. It doesn't like uh, come in with this like brute force. Water is extremely powerful. You think about like a tsunami or something or the waves of the ocean. Water is extremely powerful, but it also has this quality to flow and to take the path of least resistance kind of. So that with the archetype of Ganesh, can you think of removing obstacles from whatever you're aiming your bow and arrow at in a way that is maybe going around the obstacles or not trying to like use brute force so much? Because also elephants are really gentle creatures. Like they're not, like I gave that imagery earlier of them kind of trampling through the woods, but for the most part, they're really gentle creatures and they're not like, you know, there's all these stories about how elephants are afraid, afraid of mice and mice are so tiny and because elephants are like, so they're just sweet and gentle. So can you embody some of those qualities of this sweetness and gentleness and, and finding a sense of flow to reach your goals, finding that effort and ease, that tension and relaxation, just like the bow, right? So I think that leads us well into talking about the sort of overall energies and then of course your yoga practices and journal prompts for this full moon. So the first overall energy, considering Guru Chandal Yoga, like I mentioned, considering Mars and soon Venus in Leo, those other important, and those will be receiving aspect from Saturn who is retrograding in Aquarius, just keep all this in your awareness, those all sort of factor into bringing this overall energy of standing up for your beliefs and doing things that require bravery. And so those beliefs, not just being like, 
sort of like self-centered beliefs, but perhaps beliefs you hold about like the greater good and like philosophical justness. So there's a lot of connections between Sagittarius and Aquarius in that way. Um, Sagittarius being ruled by Jupiter has this connection to philosophy and and sort of justice and doing what's right. And then Aquarius being ruled by Saturn and being the natural 11th sign has these connections to um, the greater good and like the collective, right? So, so similar energies, slightly different, but similar, right? So we have this at this full moon. It's a good time for standing up for your beliefs and doing things that require bravery because of all the Sagittarius energy, right? The Jupiter and Rahu energy that I discussed earlier. And then there's also this energy going on of sort of stepping into your personal power and trusting your own wisdom and your intuition. So I said I would mention this and I didn't get there because I had, you know, I was like, I have a hot take. Um, and maybe during when I was talking about the Guru Chandal Yoga would have been a good time to bring that up. But religion can be a vehicle for spirituality, but they are not necessarily one and the same. Like, like I was saying this, all this, uh, Jupiter with Rahu and Aries energy can be leading more folks to feeling okay with, or, or a pull to even, um, sort of establish their own beliefs and, and explore what spirituality and that spiritual connection looks like in, without having somebody else tell you with like really diving into exploring what it means for you as a person, as an individual, right? So that gets into like trusting your own wisdom and stepping into that personal power um, piece. But there is a good amount of folks who are really attached and perhaps in ways that I don't even suspect they're very aware of. Um, I actually kind of, this is the hot take part, see this frequently in the yoga world where there are people that are really attached to the way we do things, the way um, their teacher taught them that are just sort of like, I don't know, in my opinion, not really serving. Like another quote, I'm like the queen of quote, uh, the queen of butchering quotes, I should say, because I can never remember the exact quote or who said it, but they're all just floating around in my noggin. And one of, like, so this quote that, like, the job of a healer is not to, you know, bestow some knowledge on that person or do something for the person that comes to be healed, the client or whatever, the student, is to connect that client or student to their own inner healing, their own inner wisdom. And I just see a lot of stuff in the yoga world and astrology especially, this is where I'm like, this is a really hot take and I say it all the time where I'm like, I'm if you get a reading from me, I'm not going to give you advice. I did a whole YouTube video about it, a whole podcast episode about it. Like, I'm not going to just tell you what to do, right? And that's actually like, I mean, a lot of people come to astrology readings like, just tell me what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Just tell me what I need to do and that's not what I'm here to, like, I'm here hopefully to help connect you back to that inner wisdom that you have that that divine spark that's within you because in yoga philosophy even we have this idea that everybody is divine we're all pieces of the divine right and it just gets 
covered up with all our human stuff, like our roles and egos and, and things that we need to function in this world. But we have to have that regular practice to come back to that divine. Anyway, that's a big theme of this full moon. And hopefully the journal prompts will help explore that some for you. And I hope I made sense with everything I just said. I'm trying not to be too, too long-winded about it. Um, but it's it's a big topic and it's uh, important, I think. It's, it has a lot to do with this um, inner child work, actually, that's a big theme of this month that I talked about on the July Outlook episode. And we'll explore in the member workshop for July. Um sort of dismantling our long-held hierarchical systems of power, right? If that makes sense. And so that's a really big topic that I probably don't have any business getting into 25 minutes into an episode, um, but here we are. So, you know, and so it's like these things we'll explore related to all these big astrological themes going on right now. So related to Jupiter, with Rahu and Aries, that's one of the things bringing it up related to this full moon for all the reasons I mentioned already related to the Venus retrograde for more reasons that I'll talk about some more on next week's podcast episode. And then it's also the other, so for the two, just to recap, the two overall energies I've mentioned so far are standing up for your beliefs and doing things that require bravery or saying things that require uh, bravery or a little bit of that like bluntness that Sagittarius is bringing here and then also stepping into your personal power and trusting your own wisdom. So getting in touch with that, um, inner teacher, right? Which is interesting. That's going to go against what everybody else says for Guru Purnima. Everybody else is going to say, just bow to your teachers. Um, and, and there's to some degree, but we'll explore with the journal prompts, right? Like hopefully the teachers that, um, inspire you the most are ones that connected you to yourself the best instead of acting like they're in some position of power over you but it's rampant right that's just what I'm trying to point to that um and that I think also that these people get into this position of power and because they haven't done much of that internal trauma work or inner child work they just don't know any other way to be because most of our societies in India and the United States alike are very patriarchal and that's just the way people do things, right? Anyway, um, yeah, this just is a whole thing. Um, so, and then the last one is to ready, aim, and fire towards your goals. Like you have a bow and arrow. What are you going to release? What sort of like arrow are you going to release from your bow? Perhaps at this full moon. Okay, so yoga practices. First of all, there's two mantras you could use. One being the one that's traditionally used as like an invocation for kundalini yoga. I think I'm not really that big into kundalini, but the um, Om Namo Gurudev Namo. It basically means like I bow to the teacher within. That's a good one. If you want to tap into that internal teacher uh, thing, you could chant that one. You could find um, a song to sing along with. You could listen to it. Lots of good ways to practice mantra. Or the Ganesh mantra, um, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. It means go forth, remover of obstacles. Ganesh is the, or Ganapataye, another name for Ganesh, is the remover of obstacles, the elephant that just kind of gets over the obstacles. So if you want to tap into either of those energies of this full moon, the sort of bowing to your inner teacher, 
Um, that first mantra I mentioned would be a good one or the Ganesh mantra, or maybe you do both would be good mantras for this full moon. It's also a good time to connect to water because of Purvashada is ruled by Apis, the water element, um, or the deity of the water element. And so, I don't know, I'm planning on going on a waterfall hike on Sunday. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and so that could be fine. Maybe you can't go to a waterfall. Maybe you can go to a pool. It is like if you're in the U.S., it's the 4th of July. It's a good time to spend some time around a pool. If you can just take a moment to be like, tap in and like be a little intentional about it. Nobody even has to know you're doing it. You don't have to. So that's, I'm like a, a very big proponent of making these practices and rituals like practical, something that you can fit in your everyday life. So if you, if you don't have time to like, cause I have, I have kids, like I don't hardly have time to go and do a whole, like, I don't think I could find a time to go to a waterfall without them is what I'm saying. So maybe you just make your shower or bath a little extra intentional around the full moon. Just spend some time really connecting to that water element. Maybe it's by physically being near water or taking some time to tap in and be intentional. Um, just anytime you're around water, when you're washing your hands even, or maybe it's connecting to that sense of fluidity and flowing in your asana physical practice. Those would all work. When I say connect to water, it could be any or all of those things. Um, and then also in your practice, can you connect to that idea of stira and sukha, effort and ease, right? So think about the bow, how the bow has to go under incredible tension to pull the arrow back and then it gets released and it just springs back and then it's, it's easy, right? There's that ease. So can you maybe embody that in some sense in your asana practice, perhaps embodying, um, maybe even in, in any pose, you're like, where can you find the effort? Where can you find the ease? So then also just like to mention that this full moon is full moons are always kind of like, there's this element of bringing things full circle out of full moon. So, um, and with the, this is the thing, the biggest thing I ever hear when people are like, what yoga practices do you do for a full moon? And everybody always says moon salutations. And I actually just had a yoga teacher, a student in the astrology for your yogis course yesterday telling me that that gets old, right? So this full moon next Wednesday, it'll be after the full moon, but Wednesday, July 5th, if you want to join us, we'll be doing a mandala flow, which means like bringing the flow full circle based on a moon salutation. So it's a little extra indicated at this full moon because of that water element, because of that connection to um, Venus and femininity. This would be a good full moon for um, moon salutation. Any of them are, but it's just like, can you build from there in a way that makes sense for the other energies at play that I hope I've done a good job of, of illustrating and elucidating and making clear to you so far. So your journal prompts are one, who are the teachers, mentors, or gurus that have made a significant impact on your life and how have those individuals contributed to your personal academic or spiritual growth? So that's a big question. And I would encourage you to explore the ones that seem to have the biggest impact, like what, what were their ways of being? Do you notice a pattern? Um, I don't know. I just think for me, the, the teachers that have made a biggest 
impact on my life are the ones that ask the most questions and perhaps are like, um, they inspire a curiosity in me more than just like being a hard ass and, and saying we do things cause this is the way we, we've always done things. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, I don't know. I'm not trying to like project onto your answer. I'm just saying, can you explore this thinking about, you know, so this is the guru Purnima practice, like paying homage to your teachers and really reflecting on how they've impacted you. So this could be teacher, like, you know, any, te like, I think even like the unhoused people on the streets that you, uh, come across can be teachers in some way. You know, if that makes sense. Hopefully I've made clear what I'm, what I'm getting at. And then Journal prompt number two, what areas of my life has have shown significant growth and expansion recently? So this is related especially to the Jupiter-Rahu conjunction in Aries. And what obstacles or limitations do I need to overcome to continue my personal growth? Or maybe what um, expansion cycles are you sort of bringing full circle or goals are you bringing full circle? So that's what halfway through the year, we just had the summer solstice. It's also a good time in June and July to usually July, the full moon. I didn't actually look before this one, but because it's usually in July, the full moon is usually like completing a cycle from the first new moon we had of the year. So we'll talk about that later. But anyway, the midpoint of the year is also a good time to think about what things are you sort of bringing full circle as we move into the day crescendo of the year. Things are only winding down from here. So what things, you know, what obstacles do you need to overcome to continue that growth, to bring things full circle? And then lastly, how can I align with my authentic self and live in accordance with my values? So you might also reflect on how those values have or haven't been impacted by teachers, where you get those things from. So teachers can include like your parents, your family, um, school teachers, spiritual teachers, uh, people that you've met for me. Uh, like if you didn't know this, I'm in recovery and I spent a year of my life in rehab and a lot of the people I met in rehab are some of my greatest teachers, including ones that have like since relapsed and like wouldn't really consider themselves like they'd consider themselves like ain't shit on paper kind of, you know what I mean? But they, they might be some of the greatest spiritual teachers too. So yeah. So what, where do your values come from? Do they come from just like what you've been told your whole life, how can you bow more to that internal teacher, that internal divine and live more in line with that inner wisdom and that authenticity is all on the mind at this full moon. And so uh, one last reminder, I would love to invite you to our workshop for July that is all about this inner child work and lineage healing. So if you want to explore this sort of lineage and like where you get your stuff from and tap more into that inner resource, that's what our workshop in July is aimed at. And we have all these astrological reasons that I've spent this episode in the last talking about why that's really indicated right now. So I'd really love to have you there. We'll start with a really nourishing yoga practice to tap into that internal resource. And then we'll look at all, all of the astrological indicators in a birth chart and this kind of thing to look at inner child work and what kind of energies or karmas are there and what, you know, what to do about it. And so these are always like small close knit groups. And so you can really get your own chart looked at and questions answered there. So I would really 
love to invite you. I'd love to see you there. It is for now members only. Like I used to do workshops as drop in and I just, I'm moving again. Like I've gone back and forth with this. I'm moving again to wanting to keep it that closed container of our group that shows up and we've been connecting and getting to know each other and nurturing that connection for a while. It just feels a little better than having like randoms pop in and out. So yeah, so sign up for the membership if you want to sort of go on this journey with us. And as always, thanks for being here. Remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.